the commands that the Lord gives us in Scripture are there for a purpose. And when the Lord says, do not forsake the assembling of the body, um, it's there for our growth and because we need that community. And when you have an idea that you can just separate off, and I think there are times that, you know, the Lord calls people to a place where there isn't that community. And the Lord is faithful to fill in the gap at that point. But as a general rule, you know, that's something that we are commanded to be in community with other believers. And there's that accountability. And I think, especially as kids, seeing that it's not just your parents that believe this, but, you know, this is something that all these other men and women and families have in common. Mm. You know, they're all seeking after the Lord. Mm. Welcome to this episode of the His Hill Podcast. My name is Kelly Darty, and I'm your host. Today, I have a friend of mine with me from, from church, from Bernie Bible Church, who is also a Torchbearer alumni. His name is Josh Mansman, and I asked him to if, if he'd be willing to come in. He's a, he's a contractor. He's real busy, but he's worked it out to where he could be here. We're, we're meeting in the morning. Uh, was best for him, which was great for me. It means I can get everything edited and set up and posted uh, before, the, before the end of the day, so I appreciate that. Josh, welcome here. Thanks, Kelly. Good Thanks. to ha- it's good to have you, um, Josh. I guess uh, I I I met you. I guess when you and your family or you and your sister started attending Bernie Bible Church. Yeah, that's that, right. Probably about eight years ago, something okay. like that. Well, let's see. That's going to be longer eight than eight or that. nine. Yeah, yeah, because we were. I think you you guys started attending just before we moved to Louisiana, and so that was. Uh, nine years ago so it was probably That's probably about right yeah. yeah about that time yeah okay and uh and and then i bumped into you again up at ravencrest our one of our torchbearer centers in colorado yeah i remember i uh volunteered to come pick you up from the airport okay yeah because we kind of knew each other yeah. Yep. Yep. yeah yeah that was great and i think your sister happened to be visiting that day or that week um could have been during the summer. She worked summer camp. Okay. Because I thought I remember seeing her there. Yeah. Maybe. We both went up there and worked summer camp together, and okay. then I stayed for school. Okay. And she came back and got married. All right. Yeah. To uh, Todd. Yeah, to Todd, who was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Yeah. And your wife was also on the podcast. Rain was on, was it last year? Was Something it, like that. Yeah, yeah. Last year with... Uh, with a couple other guys when we were uh, with the topic of, you know, children of divorced homes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so that was, and uh, yeah, yeah, I remember she was a real trooper. She was pregnant, about to give birth, I think, and she and yep. we were in a building without air condition. <laughs> oh, wow. It's okay. I moved her into a house without air conditioning when she was pregnant, so. Oh, so she was conditioned. Yep. <laughs> without air conditioning. Without air conditioning. <laughs> um, well, Josh, uh, now you're from... Uh, were you born in Texas? Yeah, uh, okay. Bernie. Okay, born in I Bernie. I guess technically San Antonio, but came back home to Bernie. Okay, so you're a local boy. Yep. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about your about yourself. Um, you know, your your childhood, your family. You know, what what was this like? How you came to know Christ? Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, grew up in Bernie. Um, I, you know, I've got one sister, and um, my parents. <coughs> they basically came to know the Lord while um, my dad was stationed over in Germany um, in the military. And when they moved back, um, they ended up settling in Bernie. And so they were a couple of city folks that ended up buying some land. And um, it was really a great childhood. We Mm -hmm. um, grew up on eight acres. 
Oftentimes it was me and my sister, a dog, a sheep, and uh, a donkey all running around playing together. <laughs> um, now, is this the same property that you guys live on now? Yes, okay, same property. Wow. Wow, so okay. spent basically my whole life there. No kidding, yeah. Moved away for a few years and then came back and built a house. So Okay, good. Yeah, it's kind of fun to, to be able to see, you know, my sons run around on the same property that I used to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we were, we were homeschooled all the way through. Never went to a uh, public school or private school or anything like that. Um, and yeah, a lot of my, my early memories are just the time spent. Um, my mom was always very faithful to have Bible time with us in the mornings. Mm-hmm. And um, she had, you know, a, a book of hymns where it basically have the hymn and then um, a story about the author. Mm. And um, in addition to going through the Bible, we also went through that pretty much every morning. Okay. So great. So, uh, how old were you when you became a believer? Uh, I was around four. We were actually talking about it last Sunday and I had this memory of my mom coming in and, you know, I giving my life to Christ, Mm -hmm. but I was never sure if that was actually like a true memory, you know, Mm -hmm. if it's like Mm -hmm. just something that I had made up in my head of, of how it happened. And so I was asking my mom on Sunday and she was like, yeah, no, that's exactly how it happened. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah. Okay. And uh, your your parents, uh, they're both believers as well. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And so what was, you know, being homeschooled, um, and that's an interesting thing. I think that's, you know, something that, you know, when, when you were a kid, uh, you, your sister, my daughters are all about the same age. And so you were all homeschooled at the same time. So I kind of, I, re- I know what was going on during those days. It was yeah. just the beginning of being accepted but still, you know, how can you do that to your kids? They're, you know, they're, they're being, you know, they're being starved socially. They'll never be able to, uh, to, to be able to, uh, to function in society yeah. without being part of a, 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 a public school or a private school situation. What was it like for you? You know, looking back, was it, was it scarring for you socially? Uh, I don't think so. I guess that's for others to judge. <laughs> okay. But um, no, we always had, you know, I mean, we didn't have the tons of friends that, you know, I guess you would have if you went to public school, but um, there were a group of other homeschoolers that we had around us mm-hmm. um, that we knew from church and, you know, we were able to spend time with them. We also did um, swimming, which was like a club sport. So, you know, you were around other people. Yeah. Um, it wasn't really an isolating thing. And I never... I mean, neither my sister nor I had a desire to go to school. Okay. Um, there's yeah, mo- times. Most, most kids don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> there were there were times where, you know, we would not be motivated to do our schoolwork and, you know, we'd be complaining and everything. And my parents would take us up to the local public school and give us a tour. Oh, and, really? And um, that normally straightened us out. Okay. Oh, that's funny. Um, now, tell us, what was it like for you in, in church life? Um, well... Early on, it was it was really good. So um, we went to a church in San Antonio, and it was probably similar size to Burning Bible, around 200. And we had a, a good community there. Um, I remember, you know, we would go. My dad was a deacon there as well, and so we would be there on Saturdays working on the church. Um, we'd go on, you know, Sunday mornings, and then often there'd be potluck. We'd stay for Sunday school. We'd normally go over to a friend's house and then go back to church in the evening, they had an evening service as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And those were always just really enjoyable days. Um, and so we were able to be there for 
I think until I was about eight. And then just due to kind of some issues in leadership and some sexual immorality that was going on in the leadership of the church, um, my parents and uh, some other families kind of confronted the situation and the leadership was not willing to make any changes um, or really even acknowledge the issue. Mm. And so um, my family and um, a group of others all ended up leaving the church. Okay. Um, and then kind of from that point on, we hopped around to different churches. I think uh, my parents just didn't feel comfortable. You know, after going through that, you're always kind of wary of the church and um, not wanting to get too close because then you might see what's wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of <clears throat> we would go, we would continue to go to church. And then we'd also, um, after church for lunches, we would meet up with all these other families. And so we still had a little bit of that community left over, but we didn't really have that community in church um, for a large portion of time. Mm. So how did you end up, how did you guys, well, it was just you and your sister that went to Bernie at first, Bernie Biden. Yeah. Yeah. So my parents were always um, very faithful in taking us to church. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were, you know, of that group of families, a lot of them, uh, ended up just sort of saying, forget it, you know, this, we can just do a church at home. We can mm-hmm. just tell our kids about the Lord and we, it's not necessary mm-hmm. um, to be involved in that community. And um, I'm very thankful that my parents did not hold that position. And even though it was not easy, they continued to take us. And even when, you know, as a middle schooler, high schooler, you don't necessarily have that desire to go to church, right. um, especially when, all your friends aren't there. You know, Mm -hmm. we didn't know anyone at these churches Mm -hmm. um, and it was hard to kind of get involved in them. We'd try, but a lot of times probably as a part of being homeschooled, right? All the youth kids knew each other and all went to high school together and you were just kind of an outsider. Um, And so, yeah, that was kind of the way it went. And then um, as we got a little bit older, my parents, gave us the freedom. They said, you know, you don't have to go where it is that we're going. And at that point they were going to Concordia Lutheran mm-hmm. down in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And it was a large church and it, um, it was a good church, but you know, we just didn't know anyone there. Mm-hmm. And, um, both my sister and I were working at HEB at the time and we became friends with Alex and Adrian Vasquez. Yeah. And Alex is a, his Hill alumni. Mm-hmm. Um, and her family grew up going to Bernie Bible church. And so she asked us, you know, if we'd want to come to church with them. And that's kind of how we got started going to Bernie Bible. Okay. Um, yeah, Alex is, uh, her, she's got a lot of stories from from working at HEB where she was just a, a very bold, I think. And, oh, yeah. And yeah, so that's that's neat. That, that's, that's how you came to find out about us. So you and your sister were both coming uh, to Bernie Bible for a while, and then your parents ended up coming. And, yeah. and so now the whole family's together again in the same church. You know, before we got started, you were telling me about, uh, you know, and usually I, I ask people, are there things that you definitely want to talk about? And you mm-hmm. said that that's, that was something you really wanted to cover. It was the fact that your, your parents were faithful in making sure that you and your sister were in church every Sunday. And you, you said how that was, you know, that was a big deal for you. How so? I think, uh, you know, I mean... <clears throat> The commands that the Lord gives us in Scripture are there for a purpose. Hmm. 
And when the Lord says, do not forsake the assembling of the body, mm-hmm. um, it's there for our growth and because we need that community. Mm. And when you have an idea that you can just separate off, and I think there are times that, you know, the Lord calls people to a place where there isn't that community. Mm. And the Lord is faithful to fill in the gap at that point. Mm. But as a general rule, you know, that's something that we are commanded to be in community with other believers and there's that accountability. And I think, especially as kids, seeing that it's not just your parents that believe this, but, you know, this is something that all these other men and women and families have in common. Mm. You know, they're all seeking after the Lord. Mm. And, um, I mean, I think about now with our church community, and it is a very close community, and there's no way that, you know, I can walk away from the Lord without someone noticing. And there's no way that you can start, you know, um, just going in a wrong direction without someone coming alongside you Mm. and helping you and encouraging you and bringing you back to the Lord. Mm. And that makes me think of, you know, Hebrews, where it tells us in chapter 3, the writer says, encourage one another daily, as long as it's still called today. And and in the context there, that, that, you know, to encourage one another to enter into the rest that is Christ, you know, to be in fellowship with him. And it's interesting because it's the same book that you were quoting earlier from yeah. chapter 10, you know, forsake not the gathering together. Uh, you know, the, the whole reason for us in being together is it, not necessarily an evangelistic thing, you know, yeah. you know but it's, it's a time for those who are saved to be together for the body to be together and encourage one another toward Christ. And then from there we go out into the world and the evangelism is done there. Um, You know, it's not that we can't, you know, preach an evangelistic message on a Sunday morning, you know, but, but the, the main, the the main purpose according to scripture is for us to encourage one another to Christ. And you really can't do that if you're not together. No. Uh, And we've seen through also through COVID that though we could stream the services, that you know that was a good thing, but it still was not the same. It wasn't that same thing of encouraging one another. Yeah, and you know we can. Uh, and so while it was, um, you know, it, I think it was good for us to be able to stream. And long term, it's not a it's not a healthy thing. Yeah, you definitely question if uh, there's more or less benefit from being able to stream services, right? Right. Right. Yeah. So uh, now. I think it's also interesting, something that you were saying about it was that, you know, as your parents were were t- getting you and Rachel to church, that it wasn't just a Sunday morning attendance type thing, that it was a, you know, you were there Sunday morning, you were there again Sunday night, uh, you were there for mm-hmm. potlucks. So it, it's telling me that you were a part of the life of the church. It, it wasn't just checking a box to go sit through a sermon on a Sunday morning. But it was it, there was a fellowship. There, there, there was that. Yeah. There, there was a there was that uh, that that body that active, you know, activity in the body of Christ that was instilled in in you and your sister at, at a young age. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think that's something that you know we also see in the early church, mm. right? Yeah. And how you were talking about you know the importance of going. And that fellowship, we do not have anything holding us back from that fellowship now. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. the early church was under persecution. Yeah. They were under threat of their lives for gathering together. And yet they still did not forsake the assembling. Yeah. 
you know, and, and so often I think that we're tempted to forsake the assembling because of our own convenience, mm-hmm. because we just don't feel like going. Right. And, um, and I, I can see how, you know, as, as parents, when your kids do not have that desire, it would be hard to have that battle mm. week after week after mm. week. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, in our conversation before we started to record, I, th- I thought it was interesting too. You and I both have this, have the same background with that, with our parents making sure we're there. Uh, and, and also we, we both have gone through that. Well, I don't want to go. And, but yeah. you know, what we wanted had nothing to do with whether or not we were going to be there. Um, and now that we're older, we look back and we're very thankful that our parents were insistent and uncompromising with it because it was it was through that and, and you know what we were talking about earlier it was through that that you know the lord began to develop in us an understanding that wait a minute i really want to be here i need to be here yeah. um, I, I need that fellowship i need that accountability and that's, this is what god has given me and and so i need to be I need to be obedient and be there. But also something else that I thought was interesting in our previous discussion was that we both can look back and see, you know, where other families that we grew up with, that, you know, those kids, that that we've seen the consistency there, that if it wasn't instilled in them, if it wasn't really important to their parents, well, it's been the same thing with, with them now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there is definitely a direct correlation there where um, the families that did not remain in the church, a lot of the kids walked away. Mm. Yeah. And it's sad to see. It's sad to see all your childhood friends, you know, yeah. um, choose to walk away. And I think a lot of it is, you know, when the hard times of life come, <clears throat> they haven't been, they haven't seen that example. When you're in fellowship, you see the examples of other believers that are going through a difficult time and turning to the Lord in it. Mm. And um, it's so easy to be pulled astray and pulled into another, you know, another fix for your problem. Right. Because we all have this, and we all have this need that needs to be addressed. Exactly. And, and so we're either going to go to the, you know, to the source that we were created for, we're going to gravitate toward other things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so church will become, you know, uh, you know, important, but not, not uh, uh, what, what's the word I'm thinking of? Not uh, crucial or yeah, critical for yeah, our yeah, walk. Right, yeah. And again, you know, it's not, we can make it such a, a dead work, you know, mm-hmm. go, go, to, go, go to church, go to, but to understand that this is what God has intended. He has, uh, he has given us the church. This is how we are to be in fellowship, you know, with him, with one another, encouraging one another in in Christ. And yeah, we can, we have that personal relationship, but the Lord has given us the church to be, to, to you know, to be a part of that body, uh, to, yeah. to, you know, to function there, not to be this appendage that's been severed and just, you know, laying out on its own thinking mm-hmm. that this is all I need. Um, and it does do, it, it does do harm. I've seen that on a consistent yeah. basis. I've seen how it does do harm to the children and to the next generation. Um, I, I told you I have friends that, um, you know, they, it, it just wasn't that important to yeah. their parents. I mean, they were there, but it was, you know, it, it wasn't that, cr- it wasn't crucial. Yeah, we'll be there, but it was no big deal not to be there. 
Yeah. And I can remember, I remember as a child, my, you know, we had our best friends over with their parents and uh, we were going, you know, it was a Sunday afternoon and we were getting ready to go to church that night, but they were not going to, our, our, the, our friends were not going to. And I remember my, my friend's dad t- telling my dad, oh, Phil, they don't want to go. Don't make them do that. And my dad looked at him and he said, the doors of the church are open tonight. My boys will be there. And that was the end of the conversation. It was yeah. kind of an uncomfortable quietness, actually. But, you know, I look back over it and I can see very consistently that those who grew up in, in, in the homes that it just wasn't crucial, it's still not. And in some cases, it's not anything. You know, it, ju- it just isn't there. And so anyway, I was, um, I, I, I thought that was something that was of value to, to bring up. Yeah. That, you know, we, we've, there is so much, it seems to be, from my observations, there seems to be so much of that to where, you know, if you're really tired, you've had a tough week, well, the, the thing you cut out to get a break is church. Yeah. And your kids see that, you know, and so what are you saying by that? I'm saying that, you know, the Lord's really not that important. Yeah. It's, it's that clear. Um, so anyway. I, I think also um, we tend to think that, we're going to church in order for what we can get out of it. Oh, good point. Right. Yeah. And there needs to be that mindset shift of, you know, I'm going to serve others Yeah. and I'm going to support and encourage others in their walk mm. with the Lord. And when you do have that mindset shift, it, it takes on a lot more importance mm. and it's easy for us to think, Oh, we don't need this. Right. Yeah. Um, but when you're going and, and other people are counting on you, mm. then that's kind of a, a different uh, motivation there. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I appreciate that. So, um, you you, uh, you guys started attending Bernie Bible. Your family, your parents started coming as well. Um, now, you ended up going to Ravencrest. That's correct. Torchbearer yep. Center up in in Colorado, Nessus Park. So, how did that come to be? Um, and I would honestly say that prior to coming to Bernie Bible Church, even though I was a believer, I did not have that personal relationship with the Lord. Okay. Um, I don't think it was something that I even ever really considered, um, you know, uh, your relationship with the Lord was a lot of times, you know, it was studying his word and it was going to church and, um, there wasn't anything more beyond that okay. necessarily. And I had, you know, tried, I had, um, <clears throat> uh, being homeschooled, I graduated high school a little early. I was in college and was trying to go to some of the college groups and they were never very comfortable. Um, a lot of them are very, I don't know if charismatic's the right word, okay. but I always noticed a big disconnect between how, you know, emotional and um, involved in worship everyone got mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and their lives outside of that time. Okay. And just seeing that, you know, that hypocrisy mm-hmm. was, was kind of hard to reconcile and I never felt comfortable in those situations. I never felt comfortable, you know, jumping around and raising my hands and dancing and right. in worship, right? Okay, yeah. Um, and so it never felt like a place where I, I was able to fit in and learn more about the Lord. Okay. Um, and so coming to Bernie Bible, I saw something different and specifically I saw something different in the students, mm. the His Hill students, cause, um, all of them are, most of them attend Bernie right. Bible church. Right. And, um, they were all around my age at that point. And there was just this desire and hunger for the Lord 
that um, I'd never seen in young people before. Mm. And um, it was something that I wanted. And so um, after coming to Bernie Bible Church, I started coming up to the hill for classes because, mm-hmm. you know, it's open in the evenings for anyone to come sit in. And I think I probably sat in, I don't know, as many nights as I didn't have night classes. So two, three nights a week, and then I'd play basketball mm. and um, just sort of involve myself in that community. Um, and during this time, you know, I was, my original intent when I went to college was I'm going to pick a degree that's going to make the most amount of money. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, cause that's, what's important. And, um, as I was going through it, you know, I was just getting more and more discouraged and I was lacking that motivation to, to continue. Cause it just, it didn't seem, there's nothing of, of true value in that. Mm. Um, and so kind of stumbling upon, you know, the Lord, I guess not stumbling, the Lord bringing me to Burning Bible Church and seeing the students, I was able to see a different way of life. Okay. Um, and um, I remember, you know, kind of just discussing, talking with my dad about how I was lacking that motivation in school and everything like that. And he just offered to to pay for me to go to Bernie or go to um, Bible school. Yeah, okay. And um, I picked Ravencrest because I wanted to go someplace different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went up there and worked camp and then um, stayed on for the school year. Okay. And what was the year like for you there? Um, it was good. I think in a lot of ways um, it was maybe not as good as it could have been. Okay. And that was of my own doing. Okay. Uh, I had a lot of freedom before going to Bi- or going to Bible school. And I was essentially, you know, I was in college, I was working, I was kind of living my own life. I was living at home with my parents, right? But I had a lot of freedom. Right. And um, going to Bible school, I had my ideas of how I how I wanted things. I wanted my room just this way. Mm. You know, I, I didn't want to ride on the bus without air conditioning with everyone. I wanted to drive my car. Right, right. And, um, you know, I want, I'll have a few friends here, but I don't want to necessarily spend time with the whole student body and get to know everyone. Mm. Um, and so while it was a good time, I think I did not fully appreciate it. Okay. Um, and I think that's kind of an encouragement for students that are, they're getting ready to start even next year is, you know, mm-hmm. this, this time of fellowship with believers, that's not something that you're going to have and you're not going to be able to, you know, going on in life, you're not going to have that same opportunity to be with, you know, 60 like-minded individuals and just to enjoy that time. Right. 24, seven, 24, seven. Um, yeah. and so I think it wasn't till after, um, that I came back home and I do have a good community here. Right. Mm-hmm. I realized that like, you know, I, I could have gotten a lot more out of this. Right. Okay. Well, I appreciate that because we do have students coming in just, uh, in just a couple of weeks and, and often before they, before students come, they, they listen to some of the, mm-hmm. some of the uh, episodes of the podcast. So I do appreciate that. And if you are an incoming student, either at his Hill or one of the other torchbearer centers, we want to encourage you with that. Uh, you know, be, you know, be asking the Lord for his wisdom as you enter into this year that you not waste the time the Lord's giving you uh, because be careful that you're not expecting him to live according to your expectations for the year ahead, but that you, you know, his wisdom to abide in his son, to allow him to work out in you what he wants to do with you for that year. And for all the, really, I think it's a great uh, thought and encouragement for anybody that's listening, you know, whatever that next 
thing is the Lord has before you to be careful that you're not going into it with your expectations of, you know, Lord, give me, give me yourself my way. Yeah. You know, but Lord, give me your wisdom to abide in you and allow you to have your way uh, that I not waste the time that, that you're giving me now and whatever that may be. So I, I, I appreciate that, Josh. Um, so what year were you there? 2016. Okay, great. Yeah. And then uh, coming back, you uh, you know, m- moving back to Texas. What was you know w- what was going on in your mind there? Where did the Lord take you with that? Uh, I moved back, and I think it was kind of, um, I mean, similar to what you were talking about in the sermon a couple weeks ago, where it was just doing the next thing. Okay, you know, the Lord hadn't necessarily placed a, a call in my life that I need to go, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to Africa or do something something um, drastic, but it was the next thing is to come back and, and finish my degree. Okay. And so I uh, came back and ended up working at the Haven. Okay. Which, which is a bed and breakfast. In bed and breakfast area. and yeah. is probably familiar to a lot of alumni. Yeah. Cause it seems like it employs ev- a lot of alumni. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, everyone's worked there. Um, and that was actually a really good time because um, I was able to go to my classes and I was doing groundskeeping um, and they had about 25 acres of, groomed property mm-hmm. and um, a little 30 inch mower. <laughs> and so it would take me during the summer. Um, I basically spend all week, every week on that little mower taking care of the whole property. And it gave me a lot of time just to um, continue to learn more and more about the Lord. Mm. And so I was able to listen to a lot of books, a lot of podcasts, a lot mm-hmm. of sermons. And um, I feel like I almost learned as much in that time as I did in Bible school. Well, I'm sure, you know, I, I, it's funny you say that because mowing the lawn is one of those things that I never look forward to and I'm never really fired up to do. But once I'm on that mower, well, that's some of the best quiet time oh, yeah. that I've ever had. And, you know, it, it was, uh, it, when we were in Louisiana, I had, uh, I had four and a half acres I had to mow. And, you know, in Louisiana, you have to mow three times a week if you're going to keep up with the grass. Yeah. And I'm not exaggerating. There's certain times of year you have to do that. Wish we had that problem here. Oh, no kidding. Right now we're in a drought. Yeah. yeah. And here we have some, uh, a little bit of acreage too. And it just takes, you know, but it's wonderful. You know, it's just great. You know, it's just this to just, you're off and, and, you know, just being with the Lord, letting him work in your mind and your heart. And uh, yeah, I, it's, it's interesting how that can happen. You know, things that we, we want to avoid actually be the things that we yeah. really need. Okay, so you were you were doing groundskeeping at the Haven, and yeah, and so I ended up uh, finishing my degree and uh, in business, and I went and worked for a telecommunications company, which um, I found out that the whole telecommunications industry is very corrupt. <laughs> You're <laughs> and, not uh, the first person I've heard really <laughs> testimony to that. Yeah, yeah. So I ended up. Um, it was a, definitely a really rough crowd, and there was a lot of. Um, I'd say less than legal <laughs> mm. um, practices going on. And so it, it was a discouraging time, but, you know, I was just asking the Lord to move me out of there mm. and to give me, you know, something else. And he blessed me by bringing me to um, James Avery, which is a jewelry company in based in Kerrville. And um, it's, it's a Christian company. And overall, even, you know, despite its size, it's gotten to be a pretty big company. All the, the executives and leadership, I really saw a, a genuine care for their employees. Mm. 
and um, seeking after the Lord. And so that was, it was a good time of being there for um, a couple of years. And I kind of started to get bored and I felt that, you know, I wanted to be doing something different. And, um, but I just didn't know what. And I just felt the conviction from the Lord that to move on, to quit, to try to find something else would be disobedience. And um, so I think that was a really good time of just learning to be content where he had me and Mm -hmm. not acting out of my own, you know, desire to be doing something different. Okay. Um, And then um, when COVID hit, they, you know, people weren't buying jewelry. Hmm. And so um, they kind of went through a point where they laid off a, you know, good 30, 30, 50% of the workforce. Oh my goodness. And um, I was one of the ones that got my position eliminated. And um, it was kind of an answer to prayer. Okay. I was ready to move on. And um, it was at that time that Don Turner asked me, um, he was about to do an addition on the lighthouse. Okay, and Don is an elder at Bernie Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, who is also a contractor. Who's also a contractor. Um, and so he said, you know, do you want to come um, help me on this project? Hmm. And so um, that was kind of what started me on this path. Okay, and now you are a contractor. Yes. You and uh, you're also a deacon at Bernie Bible uh, and uh, another fellow deacon at church, uh, Zach, Yep. Yeah, you guys are partners, and you've um, you've started your own business. Yep. Yeah. A couple of years ago, we uh, ended up. We were both kind of doing our own things on the side, and during college, he and I um, did a lot of just little side jobs together. And um, it was one of those things that you know the Lord just sort of brought about the circumstances that we were able to get this going, and it was never something that he and I both set out. And said, you know, this is what we're going to accomplish. That's, we're going to start. I was just going to ask you that. Yeah, yeah we're going to start this business, and um, this is how we're going to do it, and, and this is, you know, how we're going to be successful in it. It was just slow steps. The Lord brought circumstances into our lives that kind of started us along this path, and it's really encouraging because it's something that I had always had a desire to have my own business, mm-hmm. but I had no idea how. Okay. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how do you just go out and start a business? Right. Um, and so it's just been really encouraging to see how the Lord brought us to this point that I can't look back and say, this is something that I did. I had no idea how to start a business. I appreciate you you saying that. Yeah. Um, and that the reason that he has given us this business is not simply for our own, you know, income or for our own well being, but that it's really a means to further the gospel and to, bless others and to be able to um, just have provide a good work environment for the other guys that are around us and that we can sort of all disciple each other. Mm. Um, And that's kind of where the Lord has been taking the business and it's been wonderful to see. Yeah. That's encouraging and exciting to hear. Uh, I was, I was going to actually ask some questions going down that direction, but uh, you know, earlier you were saying that, uh, you know, leaving Bible school, coming home was basically what something I had mentioned in a sermon a couple of weeks ago that, you know, doing the next thing, which is a, a, a phrase that I, I got from Elizabeth Elliot. He said, when you don't know what to do next, do the next thing. And but 
but the emphasis being that it's it's not a haphazard thing. It's you know, mm-hmm. like you were saying earlier too, working for the jewelry company, you were learning that you needed to be content, you know, with yeah. with the Lord, with and and uh, and so you, you know, we 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 always want to know what God's will is for our life. You know, okay, fine. But I wonder why, you know, do we, you know, I, I was sitting down with my former youth pastor, just distraught, you know, Arlene and I were married, we'd gone to visit him, I needed some help, you know, I'm finished with Bible college, what do I do, yeah. you know, do I, uh, do I go back into construction, uh, you know, that was, you know, my dad had got my brother and I into, he had a, he had a construction business when we, before we were, you know, when we were earlier anyway. So, and do I go back to that or do I start to look for a vocational ministry? I don't know what to do. The Lord won't tell me. And I remember looking at my youth pastor, former youth pastor, and, and just saying, we were in a restaurant, said, why won't the Lord just light that bush up and tell me what to do? And it's not like he hasn't done it before. Yeah. And the, my Dell Morgan is his name. Uh, he looked at me. He says, "Kelly, it's interesting that you say that. The Lord could do that, obviously, because He's done it. Mm-hmm. But uh, if He were to tell you what He has for you before your hand touched the front door, you would already have all these plans in place on how you're going to get there. And it would be it wouldn't be His doing; it'd be your doing. Yeah. And." And so, you know, do the next thing. It's it's simply trusting the Lord. He's sovereign. I'm not. So I don't know what he wants me to do tomorrow, but I see what's in front of me today. And so I need to trust him with that. Yeah. And be content in him with that. If I'm not, then how am I going to recognize what he says, what, what he has for me tomorrow? If I, if I haven't learned to recognize him right now with what's in front of me. And... Uh, and so that's basically what you're saying is that, you know, yeah. you didn't, you didn't plan this and uh, something that, you know, we, our family, you know, this, our family has a, a business as well. And, uh, you know, we actually hired you to do some renovation work on the, this uh, the home we bought to, to work out of mm-hmm. yeah, you and Zach. And we, uh, and this is what really the Lord's brought us to is that anybody who has a successful business and thinks they did it is an idiot. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, it, even even non-believers will say who have successful businesses will say it took a lot of luck. Yeah, and we understand that that luck is not luck; it's the Lord's favor. Whether you're a believer or not, you know, James tells us that all good things come from God. Yeah, and so it's His favor that does this. We, you know, it's just arrogance to think that we were able to do any of this. My brother has said the same thing, successful business, and he says, I am nowhere near smart enough to do what to, to do this. Yeah. And and I confirm that. He's not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love my brother. I'm just giving, giving him a hard time. But really, you know, I really appreciate you saying that because to, to understand that this is what the Lord is doing, and because this is what the Lord is doing, I need to be with Him. I need to, I need to be responding to Him. And and you guys have been brought to the same thing that we have as a family is that this business is really a ministry. Yeah. And I talking about my brother, I learned that from watching him. You know that he he saw the same thing. You know the Lord has entrusted this to me, not for me to be selfish with, not for me to just 
you know, you know, enjoy the success of this and, you know, and, and go on the vacations and, you know, and all that kind of stuff or whatever you can do with it. But, but what to, to, to respond to him, how can I plug into others? How can I minister to others? Um, how can, how can we be involved in the community in a way that's going to show them that, that we're going to be clear about who we are in Christ? And, uh, it's amazing. The doors of the Lord opens with that. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think uh, <clears throat> one thing that the Lord's been teaching me through it is that if I built this, right, if I built this business, mm-hmm. then I'm responsible for sustaining it. Mm-hmm. Good and there's point. no peace in that. Yeah. But if the Lord built this business, then he will sustain it. Mm. And if he decides it's time to move on, then I can be at peace with that. Right. And um, there are things that we can do that are bad business. Mm-hmm. but they're what the Lord called us to do. And so we can do them in full confidence, knowing that um, he will take care of the results. Right. And, you know, if it's something that relies upon me, then I'm not going to make those moves. Mm. I'm not going to sacrifice um, anything from our business mm-hmm. in order to help others because, you know, I'm responsible for sustaining it. Right. But I can place the results in the Lord's hands. And trust him with it. And sleep at night. And sleep at night. Yeah. And that's not something that, you know, I'm sure you know as well. It's not something that you make that decision once. (laughs) And, you know, from that point on, it's great. And, you know, you never worry about it. I mean, I have a lot of sleepless nights still, Mm. but I have sleepless nights because I'm not trusting the Lord with it. Good point. Um, Not because of the situation. Right. Yeah. I appreciate that. So, um, I, something that you guys are doing too that uh, you Zach your partner um, because the Lord has done this you both have come forward and said listen we want to be available and so you're wanting to use your business to help with mission work yeah. uh, wherever you know wherever the door the Lord opens doors for that and it looks like he's beginning to do that uh, you know where you're you know you're being given opportunity to uh, to, to help out, to plug in with places. And, you know, that's just, that's encouraging to me. You know, I, people are so down right now with, mm-hmm. you know, all that's happened through COVID and, and all the, the political stuff that's going on, you know, worldwide and, and the, 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 the social agenda, uh, the, and yeah, you know what, those are all pretty dark things. Yeah. And I've heard believers just say, you know, uh, People talk about some kind of a. I, I, I did hear this one time. You know, people talk about, um, you know, praying for a spiritual awakening or seeing a spiritual awakening, and and I just don't see it. You know, they're just so so heavy with all the the darkness that's going on around us. But that's, I I'm seeing the Lord showing me the opposite. You know, uh, we are we're on the missions committee at church. And last night we met, and you know, again, just seeing all that the Lord is doing around the world yeah. is really encouraging. It's 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 humbling to watch what He's doing. But then, specifically, I've been really encouraged with the young men in our church. Uh, you know, these guys that you're a part of. You know, these these guys who are in their twenties and thirties that are stepping up and uh, really engaged in the life of the church yeah. uh in, in in engaged with each other and uh I, i'm looking at this and, and and seeing that the you know and what it is is that you know all of you guys are really responding to the lord and what he's doing in your hearts and 
and you know you're standing firm and i you know we miss that you know if we just get if we just focused on all that's going on that's so hard and all of a sudden it's doom and gloom and oh my goodness it's all coming to an end and and uh you know and and, and i really am concerned that a lot of people are hoping that jesus comes back you know they see all that's going on right now oh the lord must be coming back and i'm really concerned are they are they wanting the lord to come back so they can, can just escape this, yeah. this hard stuff, are, are they really looking for him to come back so that they can be with him? And in doing that, we're missing what the Lord is doing. We're missing the Lord. And Hebrews tells us, be fixed on Jesus. No, be fixed on our provision, not on our problem in, in chapter chapter 12. And so, you know, that's that's encouraging. And I, I hope it's encouraging to you that I'm not the only one in the church that's yeah. seeing this. And, and we are. We are very encouraged by what we're seeing is going on with the, the younger men in our church. And as a result, we see it in their families. You know, mm-hmm. we see, you know, we see it in their wives. We see it in their kids. Uh, let, let's talk about that. You're married. Yes. How did that come to be? Okay, so you, you came back from Bible school. And tell us a story. Um, see, I came back from Bible school, and um, I, I had the desire to get married. And it was really interesting how it worked out because um, it was another one of those that like the Lord brings it in such a way that I can't claim credit. Mm. And um, I remember working at James Avery and I was like, okay, well, you know, I have a a good career now. I've got benefits. Um, You know, I can go buy a house. Like, you know, I am ready now, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I have everything I need to provide for a wife and for a family. And it was not until the Lord moved me away from that place that he brought rain into my life. Mm. And he brought her at a point where I didn't have that security and I had to trust him and trust that this is what he wanted for me. Mm. Um, and so, uh, rain, she was a student here for two years. Right. And, um, rather embarrassingly for me, apparently I met her three times before, (laughs) uh, I actually remembered who she was. Yeah, we should have her here because she has a really good version of this whole thing. But, but yeah. we'll we'll let you give yours. I'll give the the one that's a little more gracious to myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, but then through that, as she was um, in her second year and um, deciding that she was going to stay locally, um, and we ended up going on the uh, Israel trip together. The okay. second years go on the Israel trip, and there was an opportunity for. Um, multiple or you know some guys from the church to be able to go with them because there were some open slots and so me and zach and a few other guys from the church ended up going and so i kind of um got to know her a little bit better then and found out that she was planning on staying i was not romantically interested in her at all at this point okay um and i was like oh well you know you should come to our bible study because i had you know seen from experience that students oftentimes they love the community that they have at the hill and so they decide, you know what, I'm going to stay locally because then I can just keep having this community, mm. right? Well, the Hill, all the staff are now focused on the next year, and that's their job, right? And as much as they want to maintain that relationship, right? the Hill, it's busy, right? Yeah. yeah. And there's a, there's a lot of hard work there focused on pouring into the next year of students. Right. And if you're not plugged into the local community, then it is really hard to stay. That's right, yeah. Um, and so through that, she started coming to um, our Bible study, which is, you know, kind of a young adult Bible study at church. And then also um, she became best friends with my sister. Mm-hmm. 
and um, she became really good friends with Dawson Lugie, who I was over at their house a lot as well. Yeah, they've um, both been on the podcast. Yeah, they've both been on the podcast, and they played a, a large role in my life. Um, I've been essentially going over to their house since I was about 16. Okay. And um, they've been just really welcoming, and um, I think they played a, a large role in discipling mm. me growing up, and also um, they play a, a large role in Rain's life. And so through all this, um, we ended up through being at my sister's house at Bible study or at Dawson Lugie's, we were seeing each other about six nights a week. And oh, wow. this went on for about two years and we were just friends. And um, she was apparently interested in me. I, I was clueless. <laughs> um, and I started to realize that there was a point where if, you know, say I was planning on going out to Dawson Lugies, I'd say, hey, do you mind inviting Rain as well? I think that, I think she'd enjoy it, right? Uh-huh. Um, and I didn't really realize why it was that I was doing that. And then, um, you know, it, it slowly dawned on me after um, one time we were both over there and her and I ended up talking in the kitchen for, you know, Dawson Lugie's kitchen for a couple hours. Oh, wow. Well, Dawson Lugie just went down and sat and read books. And... Um, after that night, I went home and um, I was probably up till about 2 a.m. talking to the Lord about it mm. because the consequences just seemed, you know, so great. Where you have this friendship, we're all involved in the same friend group. And if I decide to move forward with this, it's either going to be really uncomfortable or, it, you know, it's going to be what the Lord has. And thankfully, it was what the Lord had. Um, and it just, he brought me to the point that, you know, this was what I needed to do. I needed to step out in faith mm. and, um, just ask her to, to go on a date with me. And so, um, it went really fast from there. We dated for about three months and we already knew each other really well. And sure. so, you know, from that point we were decided and we dated for about three months and then, um, we're engaged for about three months and got married. What year was that? 2020 we're going on three years okay and you have kids we have kids yes um we um got pregnant with my oldest son cedric right away yeah and so um he was born about nine months after our wedding and he is now two and um then not too long after that um we had another boy uh fenton and he is nine months now yeah that's great What's it like being a parent? What's the Lord teaching you? Um, how little I know. Okay. And I feel like there's so many times that, you know, in trying to be faithful, to raise them, um, to follow the Lord, you you reach so many points where you're like, what do I do with this? Mm. Right? How do I how do I discipline in this scenario? How do I um like how do I even know what he needs? Mm. And how it's it's a daily coming back to the Lord and asking Him, you know, for wisdom, mm. and um, just how it is that that we can train Him up to follow the Lord. Mm. Um, and it's been it's been really cool to see. You know, he's he's two years old. You know, he doesn't have um, a full understanding of the gospel, but we've been able to start to instill patterns and now 
you know, when he throws fits, <clears throat> we, you know, after disciplining him, we, we talked to him like, you, you need to pray. You have a yucky heart. And in his little two-year-old way, he goes, dear Jesus, help my yucky heart. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then even now there'll be times where, you know, he'll go take a toy from his brother and then realize what he did. And he'll ask Jesus for help and go give the toy back. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and it's just so encouraging to see how, um, the Lord is faithful that, you know, teaching, teaching your children to follow the Lord, how they, they're receptive to it mm -hmm. and they receive and, um, he's able to develop those patterns of, you know, turning to the Lord when he needs help. Mm. That's encouraging to hear. You know, I, we were talking about this as a family yesterday. There's a, there's a lot of people now who are buying into this, and and I'll just say it: it's just it's just a lie. Uh, they're buying into this, um, you know. What's your truth? <laughs> I, think, yeah. I can't believe that Christians are buying into this. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, uh, we had um, uh, there's a, a friend of ours who's a teacher in a local school, and uh, she was having discipline problems with one of the kids, uh, and uh, like the child's just very disruptive in class. And it got so bad to where they had to have a uh, a meeting with the parents. And I think it was the principal and our friend, the teacher, over this child. And the mother looks at the teacher and says, you know, they were talking. The teacher was explaining the problems that are going on. And there's two stories here. You know, mm -hmm. there's what the teacher says and it's what the student's saying is happening. And the mother looks at the teacher and says, well, that's my son's truth. And her friend looked at her and says, no, we're not talking about your, your, your son's truth. We're talking about the truth. Yeah. And I thought that's a, that's a good response because, you know, the Bible says, you know, Jesus himself said, I am the way and the, the truth. truth. Yeah. You know, no, and, the, and the life, no one comes to the Father but through me. Yeah. And I think it's interesting the wording that he used. He didn't say I am a truth, but yeah. I am the truth. Yeah, so it, truth it's amazing to see how these, I mean, it's just a, a baseless idea, right? It is, yeah. Works its way into Christianity, mm -hmm. right? And I noticed that, um, you know, we were talking about parenting, the whole gentle parenting philosophies, yeah, right? And how that was entirely born from secular psychology. Exactly, yeah. And yeah. how, you know, you look, that's, that's what most Christians are believing now, mm -hmm. that... Um, well, that's where this thing is. Your truth comes from. Yeah. It's come straight out of the, right out of the secular theology, uh, uh, yeah. psychology. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's having this just entirely wrong understanding. It's not based in scripture that men are inherently good. Yeah. And right. that all we need to do is give them the opportunity. And I think, um, anyone that, that has had kids can tell <laughs> straight off men are not inherently good. Right. And um, that it is our role to to point them to Christ, and um, that oftentimes they need discipline. Yeah, they do, and you know, and it's it's out of love and for their good. Mm -hmm. You know, and I and I've told people there's a difference between discipline and abuse. Yeah. Uh, you know, abuse is for my good. <laughs> yeah, discipline is for your good. You know, as a, as a parent to a child. Yeah. And, and it, you know, I, I appreciate you, you know, you guys working in your son's heart and Cedric's heart that you have a yucky heart. A lot of people would have a problem with that. Yeah. You, know, you don't tell them that. Uh, that's, that's horrible. That's abusive. No, to, to, to teach what is true is not abusive. 
Yeah. And and as and, and and I think it's so precious too. This little guy is learning that the 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 place to go with his yucky heart is to Jesus. Yeah. And only there will he find the peace. Only there will he find the resolution. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And he he'll you know we've we've taught him that I can't change your heart. And so he'll say, you know, mama can't do it. Dada can't do it. Mm-hmm. Only Jesus. And, you know, it's it's a very limited understanding. He's two. Yeah. But um, I think that the Lord is still faithful mm-hmm. to help his heart. You know, the Lord has that desire and he cares for mm-hmm. his children. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's a very um, encouraging point for me as a parent. Amen. I appreciate that. Well, Josh, thanks for doing this. Thanks for taking time out. I know you guys, you've got multiple jobs and you're jumping from one to the other. I appreciate you giving me some time uh, before you get started. With all, oh, you probably have already started and come to, to me from that. But anyway, thanks for your time, Josh. I appreciate it. Absolutely, Kelly. Thank you. Well, things are quiet here on the hilltop. It's only uh, one of two times that that happens every year, uh, the other being the Christmas break. We're done with camp counselors and summer staff have gone home the uh the the permanent staff are on a break and we are with anticipation of another uh, full house of students coming in this fall our second year students will come in on the 30th and help get things ready for the first years to get here who will arrive on the 6th so we ask that you be praying for us as we prepare pray for our students that their hearts be ready for what the lord will do with them this year and pray for the staff too that we know his wisdom in our roles here in discipling and teaching and spending time with the the, the new students and the second years who are returning i want to thank josh for again for him just taking time out of his busy day to sit down and talk with me i really appreciate that and i want to encourage everyone to remember to keep your eyes fixed on jesus we'll see you next week